My name is Germ. This is Germ Warfare. It's the middle of the day. Uh, this isn't a very long conversation. I am joined by Rob Hutchinson, Darius A, Daniel Eloff, Herta Spies. Good afternoon, gents. What is going on? Hi, Jeremy. Good afternoon, Jeremy. Well, what what can we say? There's a lot. There's a lot going on. Um, let's just say there's there's the end of the lockdown in sight. We've got our, our sights firmly set on on that, and um, we're sick and tired of this, as everyone knows. There's no justification for an extension to to the lockdown, so we've decided to take action against that. Tell me more. I think I should let well, Donnie take, take over there. Perhaps <laughs> jump in at that point. Um, yeah, well, so, so Joan, we, um, we wrote to Minister Dlamini Zuma, uh, one of uh, numerous letters we've sent to her on behalf of DSA during the course of the longest lockdown in the whole world. Um, and what we basically did is we tried to make as thorough a case as we can to say that the circumstances that existed when she initially uh, you know, promulgated the, this national state of disaster in 15 March 2020, which is now, what, over seven months ago, we, we argue that those circumstances have completely changed and consequently she can't just willy-nilly extend the national state of disaster each month just because she feels so. Um, so we, we, the letter basically sets out the circumstances. We say at the beginning we didn't know, you know, how uh, fatal this virus was. We didn't know how it spread. And we basically say we sort of understand that you declared this, this state of disaster initially. But all those circumstances have now been conclusively debunked or we've gotten answers. We know how able or unable we are to deal with the whole pandemic. And she can't just keep on extending the, the state of uh, disaster. So what we basically said is we're giving them until the end of the month to respond to us, to give us an undertaking that on 50 November, when the next due date is coming up, that they won't extend, failing which, if they don't give us a positive response, we'll then have to, unfortunately, go to court to compel them and interdict them not to uh, continue with the state of disaster because our worries are, and this is not from a legal standpoint, but just from a concerned citizen standpoint, is that they keep on extending the state of disaster until until next year when there's a second wave or possible second wave of COVID infections. And you don't know what they can use the state of disaster for. Perhaps they're going to even try and argue that they should postpone the election because of it. So that's that's the concern and that's the route that DSA has taken. All right, so let's just quickly get this right. So you, Hurtuspice, are representing Dear South Africa. Who else is involved? Um, it's not just Dear South Africa, but a whole uh, group of us that are involved under the DSA banner. Um, Dr. Jonathan Witt, who's been very vocal on, on Twitter about uh, lockdown regulations, the validation of that or the validity of certain regulations and the justification thereof. And... Uh, Mark Oppenheimer, Advocate Mark Oppenheimer was a, a advisor as well, and that's pretty much it from from our side. The usual suspects, should should we say? <laughs> so, I mean, this kind of stuff seems to have been tried before. People in the comments are going, oh, "Okay, yeah, fine, it's going to fail again, whatever." Why is this important? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I think, perhaps, Jeremy, if I can jump in there, I, I think just because something's difficult or hard doesn't necessarily mean you shouldn't do it. I mean, that's not a really principled stance or position to take. Um, but from a practical and from a, a legal or strategic litigation perspective, what we've seen during the course of this past six, seven months is initially the courts were quite hesitant to get involved with litigation involving the lockdown or the state of disaster. We saw early cases in April where uh, a group of Muslim uh, worshippers or mosque attendees went to court and they said, well, the lockdown affects their right to practice their religion freely. And the court struck them down, dismissed their application, said, listen, guys, this is for the greater good. Just buckle up and bear with mm. government's uh, you know, plan. And I think after the second extension, when they, they put us in level four, I think the court sort of, their eyes were opened. We, we saw some initial successes for various organizations. We were involved in a couple of cases on behalf of organizations like AfriForum, uh, the schools, uh, which is a body of solidarity, where we saw successes for, for example, schools, preschools, and uh, the quarantine camps. Um, and and the, the courts were quite open, I think, during that time because they saw the negative effect of, of the lockdown. And it was in that v window, that period, where Dear South Africa was also successful in getting government to uh, stop their silly ban on e-commerce and uh, exercising uh, in, during the lockdown. So uh, co the courts were quite open at that point. And what I think happened after that is, and where we again saw some failures in the court, was when the second wave sort of hit. You, you need to keep in mind that our court system has a bunch of really old, you know, seasoned judges, and they're the people who are relatively susceptible to this virus. So they're obviously out of personal fear, sort of mm. understand what government's trying to do, I think. Um, and that's when we saw in, in, what would that be, August, September, a bunch of failed court cases. But now that, you know, we're over the worst uh, peak uh, you know, the infections are really going down quite drastically. I think there's a new window of opportunity, and I think that's what Dear South Africa is trying to achieve by, you know, seizing the initiative and using this window to um, stop the draconian regulations of government. Yeah, and I mean, we we know that from what you've just said, there have been a few victories along the way, and uh, uh, this is a principled decision. And you're doing this because NDZ hasn't responded to any requests yet, eh? Absolutely correct. Yes, yes. That's, that that is that is pretty much the the gist of it. Um, you know, just to expand on 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 what uh, Donnie was saying there, it's that there's definitely a there's definitely a, a public swing, and a a swing in government and in uh, authority figures towards more um, towards relaxation of of the regulations. Um, attacking it earlier on was was probably. Um, necessary in, in some ways, but ne never likely to succeed because there was uh, too many unknown factors. Whereas now we have far more data, um, there's far more uh, reason to actually end it, and there's very little uh, justification for for extension. So we're going in on that approach that the, there's far more data, not just locally, but, but globally, mm. and we're actually asking uh, the minister to supply the data which justified her extension of, of of the lockdown. If she can't supply that, and personally I, I don't believe she, she has that data or any justification thereof because the data is publicly available and we've seen it, so we want to know what, what she has used to justify it. If she can't do that, then 
stands to reason that there was no justifiable cause to actually extend it. And therefore, we request that she, she ends the lockdown, the state of disaster in its entirety, and we go forward as a, as a trying to recover from, from this sort of self-imposed state of disaster. Well, of course, she's got no... Sorry, go on. No, no, I just quickly want to latch on to Rob said, uh, you, you know, I know some people might say that, you know, there have been failures. But what we need to, to just keep in mind is that statism and government control over society and life happens in increments, right? It, it slowly happens. And the same applies to try to regain liberty. It's not necessarily going to be this big, massive uh, uh thing that you try to get back the freedom it, it will happen incrementally and that's how you need to fight it it's sort of trench warfare in terms of public policy and that's why i think this application and or the potential application of this letter and all others are so important you you, you win these small victories to get to the end destination where you want to be yeah okay so i mean how likely how likely is it that this is going to go to court and how likely is it that if it does go to court you'll win <laughs> I don't advise to comment that on the legal team. <laughs> I think the legal team should should answer that. Then, oh, yeah. well, I, well, like as if I always advise clients that litigation is fifty fifty. Unfortunately, I mean the the point is you you have so much human involvement when when you go to court. You know, it's it, mm. in the end of the day, it is a person sitting there on the bench wielding, you know, a lot of judicial power to determine the outcome of a case. But I do think we have a solid case, just objectively speaking. Um, you can't keep extending a state of disaster when circumstances have changed. I mean, the whole empowering provision of Section 27 of the Disaster Management Act says that this is the list of things that need to be in place in order for you to declare a state of disaster. And the point is, if that list doesn't isn't complied with, you don't check the boxes, then it, it uh, falls away. You can't mm. just uh, ad infinitum keep uh, extending the lockdown. So, so that's firstly speaking on the merits of the case. On, in terms of whether we not, not we go to court, um, I'm, I'm eager to go to court, I think, because we have a good case. But we've seen with NDZ over the past six months that she doesn't, uh, well, not always, she never responds to any letters that we write to her, but she does react to the letters. Uh, for example, with Dear South Africa's campaign to reopen e-commerce and get people to be able to exercise outside during lockdown, um, she didn't re respond to our letter at all. But coincidentally, on the day that we threatened to go to court, lo and behold, the regulations changed. Um, and, and that's why I, and I, I can definitely say with a clear conscience that Dear South Africa is the reason that e-commerce uh, got back and why people were again able to exercise. I mean, it's, it's not a coincidence that on the exact day that we told them, hey, guys, you need to do this or else we go to court, that actually responded. Um, so we might come at the end of the month and see that they make some sort of public announcement to say, well, lockdown won't be extended. But if they don't, we'll definitely see them in court. Um, or will you? I mean, what about her just making extensions and delays? Well, that's that's always a risk we, we, we've got to, got to take and be prepared to face at this stage. But... Uh, we, we're not just looking at uh, one or two factors here. We've got to take everything into account. And like I said earlier on, the, the relaxation or the general acceptance that, that this is incorrect, um, the no justification for the extension. She's, mm. she's not in a, in a good place to, do, to, defend, to defend her action or defend the, defend the extension. So um, 
And I, I think Don is, is right on point there, is that we will more than likely see her um, taking credit for ending it. But in the background, it's it's from public pressure from, from, from us. She won't be willing to succumb or willing to lose in court, which I feel she, she would if we had to go to court. So we'll probably see, see that there. But it's still going to require pressure from society, from groups such as, such as us and, and others, to force her into that corner and get her to make those decisions. Well, now, I mean, we know people like Rainer de Beer have been fighting behind the scenes and, and he's been making small victories, but it seems just simply to be ignored. Uh, I mean, what's going on? I mean, if, even if you guys have a, a victory of sort, that could just be ignored. Yes? N- not necessarily, Jim. I mean, um, so so yes, the, the, the people, what people need to keep in mind with the De Beer case is it was appealed, which uh, uplifts the whole order in the end. Mm. Um, but they have reacted to to a lot of uh, uh, you know pressure being exerted by by civil society. Uh, for example, I think the best example of it is schools. The schools would probably most likely have remained closed had it not been for various organisations actually pushing for schools to reopen. Um, e-commerce is, a, is another example. So uh, they, they do, you know, succumb to the pressure and they do listen. And what you need to keep in mind is the, the ANC, they do react to what's out there in the public eye. They, they don't want all this negative publicity. And I think for a long time they felt that, well, the majority of South Africans like the lockdown. The majority of South Africans support the measures government's taking. But the reality is now... We're sitting with a horrible economy. People are jobless, people are poor, people are hungry, and they don't have that public support anymore. And you can only go against that momentum or that public perception for so long before it, it catches up. And we need to keep in mind that the ANC is aware that next year's election year, and they will definitely, that's in the back of their mind. And, and they know that they're sitting with the situation where they're trying to manage this virus, uh, but they also want to win next year's election. No, they don't want to lose as much support. So um, it's not completely true to say, well, you know, people have tried and they've just failed. Uh, it's it's not a true or accurate reflection of what's been happening mm. over the course of the last six, seven months. Okay, so let's just recap quickly. So what what it is that you want is for her to respond by the end of the month to uh, basically end the state of disaster, a.k.a. lockdown. Uh, that's not likely to happen, right? Well, we, we're not actually asking her to uh, end the... Sorry, the, to the ask for her motivations. Asking, yeah, asking asking for the motivations and then secondly saying, um, give us an undertaking that you won't extend it come 15 November 2020. Yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's actually an appeal to end it because we know that she can't motivate it. Let's 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 be honest here. But now, yes, should she not respond at the end of the month, you're going to go to court, and that's going to be still about wanting to see her motivation for extending the state of disaster. If if they overturn that and say, look, the state of disaster can't be extended, what happens then? Well, that's another whole ball game, isn't it? Um, then, how do we approach that? Then, then mm. they'll have to justify why it can't be extended, as as well. So, as much as they have to justify why it is extended, they'll have to now give a reason as to why why it's ended, and that boils down back to the data again. Mm. And then, is it due to public pressure? 
that they that they did this, or is it a valid justification? Right. So we'll have to cross that bridge when we when we get there. The point is, it's it's important to get this info because we will probably see. Uh, I don't think I don't expect us to have a second wave as large as Europe is seeing at the moment, but there will be a, a spike, and you want you know to prepare for that uh, event, and you want government to already be warned that they shouldn't repeat the mistakes they've uh, made so far. Okay. Um, in closing, uh, any final comments from you, gents? I'll just quickly state that anybody who wants to read your uh, legal application, it's, it's under this video. It's linked. Anything from yes, you, Rob? Yeah, Anything from you, Donny? Yeah, I think just um, help us get there. Help us make this, make this happen. It's this state of this state of disaster is is totally unjustified. I mean, we had to look at the the initial twenty one days, and that was the that supposedly the time that government needed to to prepare the healthcare facilities and so on. And then the first extension of three months was uh, the same reason was was put forward. Mm. And yet now we're seeing exactly the same reasons, just slightly modified in a different format, and um, to prepare us for the supposed second wave. Um, Yet there is no data to to show that the second wave will actually happen, or whether it'll be as um, disastrous, to, to mm. use their terms, as as they claim it will be. So therefore, it's it's all about the data. Um, yeah, we're just going to need support. Hold thumbs, get behind mm. us, have your say, do do whatever to get there because we are determined to to go forward with this as far as possible. Donny. No, I, I completely agree. I think in, in broader terms, uh, to all the listeners and viewers, support great organizations like the South Africa Civil Society who are trying to fight for, for your constitutional and your natural rights. And uh, even even support channels like yours, Jim. I Thank mean, you. this is where discourse is definitely uh, advanced and it's good for people to get involved and give their support where they're able to. And uh, with some luck, we won't reach day 300 of 21. <laughs> that that would be something to really celebrate then wouldn't it <laughs> alright gents thank you so much uh, thanks for thanks. the update and uh, God bless absolutely wish you all the best thanks, thanks alright cheers cheers